Hello. Hello. Hey. Welcome back to episode eight of It's a Little Bit Funny, starring me, Sam. Me, Daniel. Myself, Alex. Very good. How's everyone been? Good. Yourselves? Yeah, pretty good. Um, it's been a few weeks since we've recorded. Uh, we've all been away. And we still have trips coming up, don't we, Alex? You want to tell us about that? Is that weird <laughs> to... impromptu. Is that weird <laughs> to first time force you into it? It's the first time we've ever segued like that yeah. and set ourselves <laughs> Let's up. Let's do it again. For the old alley-oop. No, I'll go. Um, I... Well, this has become a bit of a recurring theme in this podcast, but I am going on my first ever stag weekend. Ooh. <laughs> it's oh, a sound effect of an audience, like in Friends, going... <laughs> Ooh, when a guest enters, like Brad Pitt, they go the rapturous applause. Yeah, when yeah, Brad when Pitt Brad comes Pitt in, oh, yeah. they went mad for it. I yeah. got it completely wrong. Yeah, <laughs> remove that. Reference. Imagine, imagine it was an episode of Friends and Mosey walks in. <laughs> then everybody's like, oh. <laughs> "Who's this? Who? Are we ready to yeah. respond?" <laughs> no, that's just another character. <laughs> One or two people think it's Alan Cummings. He's like arrived <laughs> on the scene. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's um, no betting involved this time as mm. of yet. We're going to Brighton. Which how, is how many of you surely, on the stack? Well, that when <laughs> the the powers, the people in power of organising the stag um, have changed over the last few months. So at first, myself and a couple of close friends of the groom to be were in charge of organising it, and there was about six or seven of us. Now it's grown to oh, like God. 18 people. Oh, yeah. Who's the best and man? That's too many. The best men are his brothers, I think, the groom brothers, which is fair enough, and they are also now organising the stag weekend. Um, but yeah, so we are headed to Brighton, all 17 or 18 of us, and we've got a 12-person <laughs> Airbnb, which, <laughs> you know, you do the math, it's going to be fun. Um, so six of you are just going to sleep in the kitchen? Yeah. Groom included, hopefully. So who who is the groom uh, to you? <laughs> very, very close friend from university. I think a listener of the podcast. Hello, James. Hello, James. We won't uh, air this podcast before the stag because he doesn't know. <laughs> I don't think he's meant to know where it is. Oh, right. Well, um, fantastic. But I hope you had a good stag. <laughs> is this James of... Is this, this is James. I was going to say, this is James of teaching in china oh yeah and of our fancy football fame but um yeah so and so i feel like we know him actually but yeah we've never met him i've only met i've only sort of cursed his name digitally over yeah over whatsapp and actually now that i know that there's 18 people going on the stag i'm sort of gutted that daniel and i didn't get an invite yeah, no, I wouldn't know 18 people without yeah. having to rope in people 100%. I've never met. So you're going to Brighton? We're going what's to Brighton. Your, uh, stuff? The stuff we have organised, well, I think it, the, it culminates in a game of paintball, which I think is, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how sort of typical that is of Brighton. I don't know how exclusive that is to Brighton as a thing to like do. On the beach? You'd, uh, that would be good. Like I'm like one of the yeah. Saving Private Ryan or something. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, because there's no yeah. cover. I, unless it is like Saving Private Ryan, it's like mounted paintball times. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you like, have to storm right, it. Four of you get in the sea and storm the beach. <laughs> well, can we swap? <laughs> Flip a coin. <laughs> it washes off quite easily, I imagine. Like, you just go in the sea afterwards. Oh, that's a good idea, yeah. Oh, did I tell you about the time 
Sorry to derail your story, Mosey, um, of something that hasn't happened yet. But <laughs> did I tell you that about the time that um, I went, <laughs> my friend Johnny, who I think also listens. Hi, Johnny. He had... Um, are we saying hello to every listener now? If they are listeners. That, that'll take about 10 t- seconds. <laughs> <laughs> we have. Well, we, about, we just have. Did I tell you about the time that he had um, paintball guns at his house and he invited me and one other guy, our other friend, to play paintball at his, like, in his back garden? Um, well, not in his garden, but in the woods behind his garden. And we turned up and we were like, oh, do we need any equipment or anything? And he was like, no, 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 I've got everything. So we turned up and he gave us these bright blue overalls with the, you know, with the mask yeah. and, and the paintball guns. And then he had a full camo, like, ghillie suit <laughs> <laughs> and a helmet and a mask. And then, like, a sort of refined sniper version of the, of the paintball gun. And then we marched the three of us out into the woods and then he just went, right, you two against me, go. And then he ran off into the woods. <laughs> and honestly, we walked, the two of us in these bright blue overalls, walked through the woods for about, I think it was about 45 minutes without seeing anything. And then just like total silence every so often, just hear like a little bird in a tree nearby. We were like, he's near. He must be near. He was like stalking us. And then we were hiding behind a tree and I was too scared to move. I just didn't know what was out there. And then we, I think I peered out from behind a tree. I just got a paint, paintball right in the chest. And I, I was just like, well, I'm out then, I guess. What happens now? So I had to like leave. And as it turns out, Johnny had like lain down in a dried up riverbed and like covered himself, <laughs> covered himself with like branches. And like hunted us for the best part of an hour. It was it was absolutely horrifying. I haven't played since. I heard it's good, quite good. That <laughs> <laughs> used to equivalent. It makes me. It reminds me of like when you go to someone's house and they give you the shitty second controller for the yeah. PlayStation, mm. but in much in much more perilous situation. That's <laughs> yeah. the bright blue high visual mode. Well, giving us the gun was almost like toying with us because mm. he knew we wouldn't get a chance to use yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. As as it happens, I think just to get our use out of it, we and me and the other guy who were on the same team just ended up shooting each other. Because we had no fun finding really? Johnny. Friendly fire. So you... Like full metal jacket. Yeah. I wonder if that happens in the army where they like get bored looking for the enemy and they just like start firing at each other for fun. Probably not. <laughs> did, uh, was his, was his tactics... So I, I, I'm confused by his tactics. Was he stalking you or did he lay himself somewhere that you'd have to walk past? Did he sort of predict where you'd go? Oh yeah, so I made it sound like he hunted her. I think he, I think he set up a trap. Which is also hunting. And you yeah. walked straight into it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 45 he had minutes. everything. He had the gear. He had the home advantage. He had the experience. Hmm. <laughs> Night vision goggles. <laughs> Invisibility. <laughs> he was going to call in a missile strike. <laughs> well, yeah. Just paint raining from the sky. <laughs> yeah. It was bizarre. But that's, it's still fun. So that's put you off, has it? I'd go again, but not with Johnny. It's or similar to a on, sort of... have him on your team. No, even then. Even then, too dead. <laughs> yeah. Even then. He's on no one's team. Yeah. It's, it's similar to sort of Laser Quest. Have you ever done that? Did you ever yeah, do that? I've when had you a few birthdays That's, there. Yeah, yeah, that was a birthday thing. I feel like paintballing is like the more grown-up equivalent of that. Does well, next, I always hated Laser Quest. Does the next one go like clay pigeon shooting? Yes. Yeah. That's, that's the next like, step up. That's for like dads. Yeah. Yeah. That's clay pigeon shoot. Stags, paintball, yeah, teenagers, laser quest, yeah. yeah, the progression of shooting, circle of life, yeah, yeah, 
<laughs> I guess once you become a granddad, you just uh, shoot someone for real. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Homicidal granddads, that's the, the next step. We should actually say, for anyone who's listening for the first time, what the podcast is about. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> it's, not too, it's not too late. It's not too late. Here we go. Okay, so this podcast is about stag do's, apparently. We talk about them every <laughs> fucking episode. This podcast is about dissecting lyrics to popular songs and seeing if the artist could have done uh, maybe a bit better or what they were thinking about. Yep. Just a sort of discussion point about... Sometimes we songs. elevate the songs yeah. in our findings. Sometimes we find things that... You know, were hard to decipher at first listen and needed to be analysed. Sometimes we misunderstand the song completely. More often than not, we misunderstand yeah. even their basic intention. And we get emails to that effect. And if you want to send an email about how we got it wrong, send us an email, please, at it's a little bit funny show at gmail.com. So the first song that we're picking today was suggested by two fans actually so it was suggested by Maria and by Katie thank you so thanks very much for emailing in everyone and the song that they have (laughs) every two and the song that they have suggested that we have a look at is Life by Desiree Afraid of the dark, especially when I'm in a park and there's no one else around. Ooh, I get the shivers. I don't wanna see a ghost. It's the sight that I fear most. I'd rather have a piece of toast. Watch the evening news. So that was Life by Desiree. Um, and there's quite a lot to uh, unpack in this one. Uh, but I'd like to start with verse one, if I may. And so you like to get in early with songs, don't you? Yeah, it's very, always yeah. I, to be. I mean, I'll be totally honest. There's a pattern. If you look at all the songs that I've criticised or critiqued in some way, it's always just the very first line <laughs> because I, don't, I never get any further. I do the the bare minimum. But the so should we read it out? It goes. The first verse goes. I'm afraid of the dark, especially when I'm in a park. And there's no one else around. Ooh, I get the shivers. I don't want to see a ghost. It's a sight that I fear most. I'd rather have a piece of toast and watch the evening news. So there, there we go. Um, thoughts? Thoughts on that? Before... Well, first of all, I didn't realise that it was binary like that, that you have a choice of, I don't want to see a ghost. But if I'm not going to see a ghost, then my other option is a piece of toast in the evening news. Well, yeah. There's a hell of a lot of middle ground. Like, there's a lot of other things, yeah. You could rather do almost anything else. Yeah. <laughs> anything But else. she's implying that she hates toast. She's like, I'd rather have a piece of toast. Do you think to her watching the news and eating toast is quite horrific? <laughs> Yeah, but it's but not quite as horrific as seeing a ghost. Well, but to, in her world. But maybe it's... I just think it's such a, a, a non, it's such a pointless point of view. I think if you're going to write a song, which she has, you have to say something um, unique or interesting at least. You have to have a point of view in the song, and her point of view is like, oh, I don't like ghosts. I prefer toast, because it rhymes. 
It's so, it's so poor. But also, before that, she says, um, I'm afraid of the dark, especially when I'm in a park and there's no one else around. I get shivers. I don't want to see a ghost. But she's in a park at night when no one else is around and her first thought is, I really hope I don't see a ghost. She's not worried about, like, muggers or murderers. <laughs> she's, like, skipping through the park, hoping not to encounter, like, Casper. I don't really understand what her problem is. Yeah, pies aren't usually... I mean, actually, if you... actually, I think you've tricked yourself up there. If there's murderers in parks, you might actually find a lot of ghosts. <laughs> ghosts of victims. Yeah, maybe that's Haunting the means. areas. Yeah. I like, yeah. It seems like a very sort of self... If, if the ghost, if the vision if the vision of a ghost is in, inextricably linked to being in the park at night that is of her own making as well i feel <laughs> i'm like yeah. you're not going to and you're not you're not going to have a piece of toast and watch the news in a park don't go also, there also also do ghosts live in parks do <laughs> they <laughs> well i guess it depends where <laughs> I, where I... the victim or where <laughs> where their body was because if you watch buried. like you know when you're watching like scooby doo and they go into a haunted house and there's a, and there's a ghost. Um, and then they sort of can't really... They just narrowly escape before it catches them. But in a park, you could just sort of like walk around it. Or yeah. go the other way. It'd what be actually the best place to see a ghost. What could... Because you know, you, know you know how ghosts like try to sort of interact with you. In horror, the horror film trope with ghosts is that they try to move stuff. Yeah. In a house. So like in a house, it's very easy to haunt mm. as a ghost. Because you can, like, you know, you can close doors. Yeah. You yeah. can, like, start oh, running so about. True. What the hell do you do in a park? <laughs> Just push them away the tree a bit. <laughs> Just look like wind. Oh, no, actually, that is really scary to imagine swings Ooh. just going on their own. Yeah, that's actually... But it's so... Yeah, like, I'd, much, I'd much rather have a piece of toast <laughs> than that. Well, but, yeah. Although you could... That is a very creepy image. Mm. But could also be rationalised as the wind a lot It could easier. easily be rationalised as the wind. Whereas if you... in the house, actually in the, in the house where she's watching the news and eating toast, that's actually more dangerous. Far more. Because that would be much creepier if, if you, something happened. If you were a ghost, it must be the bane of your existence or non-existence that you can't do anything that is ambiguous that could be mistaken for wind. You can't just like, you know, turn... <laughs> turn like a wind cockerel on it <laughs> around and be like I'm going to scare the shit out of them by turning sort of, this cockerel you sort of have to do something that, pointing west <laughs> yeah you sort of you have to do something that nature couldn't do on its own yeah. you have to pick something up I feel ghosts I'm going like... to scatter these leaves to scare the shit out of yeah, them yeah why don't ghosts ever like pick up a car and spin it round or something wind can't do that can <laughs> yeah exactly well, the, well I tornado assume... <laughs> tornado yeah, probably yeah. instantly problematic well ghosts never seem to go beyond the physical capabilities they had in life like mm. a person couldn't pick up a car so a ghost can't but a yeah. ghost can still slam a door you know but again that's that's rationalised also do ghosts, <laughs> do ghosts always appear in the form that they died so if you to see, an extent. So if you see a ghost in a park, you might see like someone who died in the park. So jogging someone, kit. A jogging kit. High so, you, so you wouldn't really think anything of it. It'd just be sort of a pale jogger. Yeah. At night. <laughs> I must look like a ghost to a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what she means. She yeah. doesn't want to see pale people jogging at night. She'd rather have a piece <laughs> it's of toast. It's the sight that, she, the sight that she fears the most because it reminds her how lazy she is. <laughs> She'd rather be in just eating some toast. 
I'm so sorry. I'd rather have a piece of toast. What? Who has one a piece singular of toast? Who has one piece of toast? Why would you bother, like, putting on the bread? You only do that if you've got, like, a, one stray piece of bread that you need to get rid of. Like, in the bucket. <laughs> We've spent a lot of time on verse one. Um, it's an incredible opening gambit, <laughs> oh, isn't it? I know, it? It's, it's worthy she's of titled the, She's titled the song Life, which is an incredibly ambitious... <laughs> no, but that's, that was title. my next point, is the chorus, which just goes, Life, oh life, oh life. And she's just basically... Life. Yeah, so she's singing about, isn't this... This is, oh, isn't this what life is all about? That's the thing, and it's like, but I think no. I've never really... And as we talked about <laughs> briefly... My only real sort of experience in terms of listening to this song was hearing a drunk David Brent at the end of <laughs> in the an episode yeah. of the UK Office sort of drunkenly singing that yeah. chorus. And the chorus in itself, in isolation, yeah. actually feels kind of upbeat and almost a call mm. to arms. Maybe yeah. with a bit of a, maybe of a like semi sort of bittersweet vibe to yeah. the oh. Yeah. But you know, it's c'est la vie ups and downs. Whereas this is just the most... This is the antithesis to the Carpe Diem song because it's just rooted in such boring, boring yeah. experiences. Boring observations about And life. just a list of things she doesn't want to do. Yeah. Like bungee jumping. Oh, I'll leave that. <laughs> it's if, not for if, me. If, if someone came up to you and went, oh, life, eh? You'd expect them to be like, my wife's just left me or something like that. Or like, <laughs> yeah. swings and roundabouts. She's literally talking about swings and roundabouts. She, in, in the, the park. Bar. Like, but that is so <laughs> true. She's like... Oh, you know the the wondrous, um, the wondrous roller coaster that is life on Earth. But she's talking about not being bothered about bungee jumping, and in the second verse, and just the yeah. I actually think the there's also boring things. There's just also one weird... piece of toast is not a symbol of life. And there's like an underlying sort of almost malicious desire to sort of pull up the ladder, in terms of getting people to follow their dreams. Because Desiree presumably dreamt of being a successful singer yeah and followed that dream and that's why musicians usually encourage other people to follow their dreams they whatever, they, whatever they may be yeah and it's kind yeah. of like you know i didn't give up i've made it try to pass on try to imbue their fans with that same positivity yeah. where she goes um why is it uh sometimes living out your dreams isn't as easy as it seems and it's just that sort of negativity around it. Yeah. And it feels like she's sort of saying, you know, you guys don't try. Yeah. I've made it. But, <laughs> yeah, she's like, but that's you know, it. That's it. You won't. <laughs> Leave it at that. We can have one Desiree and everybody else don't bother. God, it's so... It, but it's, that's what's so funny because it's such a juxtaposition because the song is so upbeat. But what she's singing about is so boring like, and so stupid. And so banal. Like, life, yeah. life indeed can be fun. If you really want to. Yes. Why would you want to? Well, could you list some of those yeah, things? Yeah, so, well, no. she does. But <laughs> then she yeah. lists them in a very negative way. Bungee jumping, I don't care. Yeah, that lyric, that <laughs> verse, we should probably read it out. She goes, Yeah. I'll take you up on a dare, anytime, anywhere. Name the place, I'll be there. Bungee jumping, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> what if the dare was, okay, I dare you to go to the park tonight? <laughs> She's like, like, oh, I thought you were going to dare me to like, have a second piece of toast or something. <laughs> yeah, I can't. It, I can't picture her rising to many deaths. Absolutely not. And also, I just think it's such a funny. I don't know. I think when you write a song, as as Mosey pointed out, you want to sort of big yourself up a little bit, or you at least because you're writing it, 
you're in control of how the world sees you mm. if you write it correctly and if you're smart about it. But verse two just goes, I'm a superstitious girl. I'm the worst in the world. And if you stop there, it's basically like, you realise you are sort of the worst. She's horrendous as a lyricist, especially. <laughs> it, just puts that, it just puts that in the mind of everybody that she's the worst at something. There's a verse... Did I ever tell you about when my cousins and I had a little band when we were like 11? A little name pop of, band. Name of the band? Malabar. Now, I was the manager. I wasn't a participant. Because I was the oldest. <laughs> the age of 11. Yeah. Do you, do you have any musical talent at all? Uh, I have no talent. D- discernible talent. No. Dis- what I like is in no other um, activity of like when you're 11, does someone take the role of manager at that oh, age? An 11-year-old isn't no, the manager you, of the football team. That's so true. But you say that. But when at school, when we played football, there was one boy... Who wanted to be the referee Brilliant. in oh a game God. of you know t- eleven year olds football that just goes back and forth where some people can't even kick the ball and he's like refing. <laughs> he's like one more of those and you're off. It's like lunch nearly over. Because it gives him a disproportionate amount of power yeah. at that age and attention that he. But it's also really have. smart because he was like, well, I'm obviously not good enough to play, so I'll ref. If you're if if you're but, if you're refereeing as an acknowledgement of your lack of skill at football, that's fair enough. Which I think he was, but at the same time, no one was good enough to play, but nobody wanted oh, to yeah, ref. No. One of the worst, I remember this is, actually I was a similar age actually, I remember once at the age of 11, playing a match of football in the park on like a school trip mm. and being really, I was so angry at, the, at how few people were passing it to me that instead of sulking and stopping playing, I said, right, fuck it, I'm just going to be the ref and I'm going to be neutral. <laughs> and I was like, because, and I think my reasoning was, you'll pass just as much, you know, I thought there was, there may have been a better quip at the time, but you yeah. know. You know, you'd, you'd be passing it more to me if I was the ref as a sort of quick. Oh, it was like a and protest. Was, yeah, it was, it was a protest. It was like, you know, not passing it to me. I may as well be the ref. So I started refereeing. And then, like, 30 seconds into my refereeing career, the ball just sort of broke in front of an open goal. In front of the goal I was meant to be scoring. In. And anyway, that was the end of my refereeing career because I had to finish that. Yeah. And it really sort of... It it did dilute my point. <laughs> my of course. Point but it was worth it. So you're just being greedy, basically. Still chalked yeah. it up in the tally of goals throughout yeah, my you life. Yeah, can't, you can't switch between... It'd be funny in the Premier League if they did that, where, you know, um, Mike Dean switches between playing for United and refing well, in yeah. the same game. Or, or like Sergio Aguero, because he's not getting enough service, decides, like, well, I'll just be the ref then. <laughs> <laughs> Until the ball comes to him, he's like, I'm not the ref anymore. Yeah. Whack. He's <laughs> cause. The real ref is like, well, he said he wasn't the ref. <laughs> he said he, the real ref runs back on. <laughs> like, oh, shit. <laughs> you do have to pretend neutrality. I used to pretend to be a commentator. while I Because I used to be in goal a lot as a kid. And then I would be commentating on the game. But obviously I wasn't neutral because I'd be favor of our side but it was so pathetic like the dramas that you have at that age it'd be like and he's hit it under the bus again <laughs> like is he going to be able to get that before the teachers call us in for lunchtime so you were doing a john motson impression at 11 john motson <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so i managed this my cousin's band so my sister and my cousin were like it was like a pop group mm. and then uh, my cousin brother Rohan was like the rapper so they had this song that they wrote at the age of like eight called dance dance I still remember all the lyrics to it but the 
Rohan's verse as a rapper is what I remember because it could fit in this song perfectly. His verse was like, he goes, <laughs> there were two, he goes, it was half past two. I didn't know what to do. So I went to Australia to see a kangaroo. <laughs> Which sounds like it was cut from this song. <laughs> that is more entertaining than the yeah. Desiree verses. Are we allowed to critique not just popular songs, but also... I was going to say, should, we, should we make this one big vote on both yeah. your cousin and Desiree? Do you want to I'd like to explore that in more detail. The second, well, that was the first verse of it. The second verse was, ring, ring, my telephone ring. I saw this girl, she was bading. <laughs> How old is he? About ten. That that fits more into seven days. Yeah, that is actually yeah. very seven days. Most are in seven Whereas days. it was half past two, I didn't know what to do, so I booked a flight to Australia to see a kangaroo. It could only be more part of this song if before the kangaroo thing, he talked about things he'd rather not do. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's almost yeah, too right. negative. It's like it's too positive. He's You're somehow right. positive, more positive than Desiree, which exactly. I think is more damning of Desiree. He, if it was like it's half past two. I didn't know what to do. It's not like I'm going to go to Australia and see a kangaroo. Yeah. No, but it fits so per- It actually does fit perfectly with the theme of life because it's it's half past two on an arbitrary day. Books a trans like continental flight that would take eighteen, nineteen hours to get there. Goes and sees a kangaroo, and then after seeing the kangaroo, just goes, "Oh, life!" <laughs> <laughs> Like what? To me, there is everyone some... else is at school. <laughs> There's like a missing person alert for a ten-year-old. How did he board a flight? away to Australia. Yes, there's something really. He could go to the zoo, and that would have rhymed. He didn't need to go to Australia. <laughs> I really like the creative decision to put the listener. In the sort of in a time frame that requires a number of minutes within the hour, and then going on an adventure that takes days, <laughs> it's kind of such an odd time frame. Yeah. So, yeah, so right. if you went like, oh, I went on a you know, last week, yeah, <laughs> don't know what to do, so I went to Australia. But again, that's very Craig yeah. David from the last episode, <laughs> yeah. where his sort of his concept of time is so skewed. Because yeah, exactly, you'd say, oh well, it was quite a quiet sort of January, February. Yeah. So I thought I may as well just go to Australia. Yeah. But it's funny to me, like I was having a really quiet Thursday tea time. It was nearly four. <laughs> Brunch <Maybe>. finished early, <laughs> so I booked a flight to Australia. <laughs> to see a kangaroo specifically. Like, what did he do when he got off the plane? <laughs> so you like, got any kangaroos about? <laughs> what are you doing here, son? You're, is your mum with you? <laughs> Half past two the next day. Oh, life, mate. Life. Blood Crazy. Life. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so good. But I mean, that has highlighted that a 10 year old has come up with something. Well, he's written the best verse of this. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So Three thumbs up. Better than Desiree. Rohan. And I believe uh, Prince Sampson co wrote this song with Desiree. Prince Sampson? Yeah, that's his name. Okay. Um, should we? Should we so take what's, yeah. What's our angle? What's our what judgment are we passing? Has she effectively conveyed? Yeah. Carpe the, diem. The sense of carpe not even. Diem. Yeah. It could even be more balanced than carpe diem. But yeah, it just could, a sort of has like she, somewhere between celebrity. Yeah. Has and she actually? Yeah. Exactly. Has she actually? Because it's not quite a joy division 
song about the pain that comes with life. No. It is painfully middle of the road. But it's That's also what not, I'd argue. But it's also so... It's not relatable because it's, it's sort of beneath that. It's not mm. like even... Oh, yeah. Because you could have written about what I mean. the tube. And we'd have been like, yeah, it is annoying. I get that. It's not unique. It's not a unique point of view, but I do get it. Whereas we're a bit like, what are you talking, what are you talking about ghosts and one piece of toast? It's so boring and at the same time not relatable in the slightest. Also, can I point something out as well? That I just noticed that she said she keeps a rabbit. Is it not a rabbit's foot that you keep? What did she say? I keep a rabbit's tail. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a uh, paw. A rabbit. A rabbit's foot. A rabbit's yeah. foot. <laughs> so she's like, I'm really superstitious. I'm a superstitious girl. I'm the worst in the world. Well, Never she's the worst at being superstitious. Uh, maybe. <laughs> Always walk under ladders. She walks under the ladders. <laughs> I keep a rabbit's tail. Bizarre. Has oh, any other lyricist in the history of, of time ever written a line that was like, oh, I never walk under ladders? It's like, <laughs> okay. I can't get over how boring a life is. Oh, life. <laughs> if that is her life. I've never thought about it. It's like, have I ever walked under a ladder? I don't know. I don't know. I don't go like, you walk under a ladder when it's like propped up against a wall and like a window cleaner is on it and you go out of your way to walk underneath it. Never done that. That would be more interesting. <laughs> she could have said, yeah, I only walk under ladders if there's somebody on it. And then I knock them, you know, see if I can wobble them off. Literally the most exciting thing that happens to her is she has her breakfast food in the evening. Well, watching well she the wants to. Yeah, she That's doesn't even get thing. around to do it. That is her ambition rather than seeing a ghost is to have that piece of bread. Mm. She doesn't even get around to doing it. It's so unspecial. The evening news is on every day. It's not even like she looks forward to a special event. It's so unspecial. I bet she doesn't even watch the news. No. I bet the news is a bit too riveting. <laughs> <laughs> QVC or something. Yeah. Um, Reruns of QVC. <laughs> yeah. It's like little thing taped at the end going, <laughs> no, do oh, not yeah, call do not call. It. The lines are closed. <laughs> Like, like reruns of competitions where yeah. like, the competition is not live. <laughs> to call in to you, the may, you may still be charged for your call. Yeah. 50p a minute. She's, yeah. Oh, um, so has she, yeah, in a, in, a, in a song that is called life. Probably one of the biggest words you could use as a single mm. word mm. to name yes. a song. That is promising so much. It's so promising true. insight. It's promising relatability. Yeah. Maybe a sense of empathy with others struggle through life. It's yeah. the most universal it's, possible yeah. thing. Yeah. It's the one thing we all share. Yeah. And then she's gone for the examples that no one has ever shared. Yeah. It's a bit like naming the song Love and setting out your stall that you're going to conquer everything there is to know, like, or at least give exactly. an insight yeah, yeah, into like... love and then being like, oh, I love that weather when it's not quite anything when it's not raining but not when it's sunny because that yeah. would be too much well i'd rather it was a bit sunny i'd, but, I'd um, rather yeah. it was yeah. yeah i'd rather it was cloudy yeah, but, yeah. oh love <laughs> ah l'amour <laughs> so yeah um so has she managed uh with sort of having set out her stall in such an ambitious manner managed to you know evoke evoke the troubles that come with life the happiness that comes with life any sort of is it a call to arms? Or any of the above. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Three, Three two, two, one. one.
Three downs. Woo! Goodbye, Desiree. Telegraphed so, throughout. Yeah, yeah, part of the request actually from Katie was not to send Desiree down, but you can't suggest the song and then also that's like suing avert. someone. <laughs> yeah, for asking the yeah. judge to not to be lenient. Yeah, well, not even be lenient is don't let me win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so because this this is binary. Yeah. So unfortunately, Desiree didn't make it. Um, she she's been voted down. But what a great suggestion. Yeah, Katie's basically brought us the prosecution's case and yeah, then exactly. being like, well, I hope you find they're not guilty. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've given us all the evidence we need. Thank yeah. you. We weren't even looking at her, but you, thanks for drawing Did Katie to quote it. passages in particular? No. Okay, sure. I don't think so. Because that could be the evidence. Um, yeah, yeah well, it's a bold call to submit someone, an artist that the listener loves. Yeah. People don't usually do that. They yeah. don't usually suggest their favourite artist. Yeah. That's Katie's favourite. No, I don't, I don't know. Second favourite. Yeah. After. <laughs> Pitbull. <laughs> Mr. Worldwide. Um, <laughs> Mr. Worldwide, but he only sings about one place. <laughs> life. Or life. So, listener emails. Yes, we've had a new one. As in, we've had one that isn't from our biggest fan, Maria. Uh, yeah, and it reads, Hi Daniel, Sam, and producer Alex. Long-time listener, big-time fan. Just wanted to ask a question. It's twofold. We'll let that slide, I think. Yeah. Riddle thee this. <laughs> so who's from? The Riddler. <laughs> question for you, Batman. <laughs> if you had a memoir, what would it be called? And who would play you in the movie? Okay. Would love a shout-out, which you've already done and gone. Yep, shout-out to Hannah. Your girlfriend, Hannah. Because I have a sister called Hannah. Yeah. And they're not one and the same. There are more than two, I think. In the world. Yeah. Possibly. But we don't know that for sure. But then she signs off by saying, (laughs) your largest fan. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which we don't know if she is. (laughs) No. Yeah, I really like that as well. You're um, right. So, to our largest fan, Hannah, mm. um, what are our memoirs? Uh, also, first guest, first official guest of the pod. Yes. Technically. She made a cameo last yeah. week saying, answer your fucking phone. That was really funny because we obviously, I thought that Mosey, producer Mosey, we obviously cut that bit out where she arrived at the studio. Um, and obviously he left it in. You don't predict that being us. the best bit of the episode. <laughs> yeah, that was a lovely surprise. So we should say that, um, yeah, she liked being in it. So <laughs> she's in it again. She can't, can't get away. Um, have you guys thought about this? Presumably memoirs. Have you seen that as individual memoirs? Or are we already talking about a memoir for the podcast? Oh, wow. Well? That's so interesting. Because oh, I, yeah. I took it as individual, but I think it's probably more interesting as a... Mm. Well, let's do, let's do both. Yeah. The way we should approach this, I think, is we each go on with our individual ones, and then we have to brainstorm a um, name for the communal yeah. Yeah. podcast okay, memoir. Do okay, do you, do you want to start? Yeah, so I thought about... So memoirs makes it sound like a... I don't know, I took it to mean like an autobiography. Yeah. Mm. Like the title of an autobiography. So mine, have you... This is a bit convoluted, because it obviously has to be a pun. Completely appropriate for this pod, then. Yeah, well, exactly. So... You've heard of, there's that book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yeah. yeah. And then they did, I think there was a film. That, how to Lose, how to lose Friends and Alienate, alienate people. people. 
So mine is then a pun on that, which <laughs> is the original title. Yeah. <laughs> is how to watch friends and alienate people. Because up until, and including now, and by extension this podcast, is a lot of me quoting Friends, Simpsons, other TV shows, uh, and other people not really getting it at the same level. I mean, mm. just alienating But everybody. you do make yourself sound like a Friends super fan, specifically, in that. I think it's more just because that fit. And then <laughs> yeah, you, you read on to find... How to watch the... the Simpsons and Friends with alienate people. Yeah. It's and less catchy. And who's yeah. playing you in this movie? Uh, well, Which is, it sounds like such a good book that it will undoubtedly be turned yeah, into so then, a, a If it was made into a film, surely a member of the Friends cast, is that what you're thinking? No, it would be narrated by Matt LeBlanc. But ah. By Matt LeBlanc? Yeah, interesting. The only Ill- then... illiterate member of the Friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought, okay, so if it's a, if it's, let's see, it depends. If it's a musical, because I thought maybe it'd be, it might be a musical, you never know. If it's a musical, Hugh Jackman, definitely. I book him now. And if it's not, I thought Rogue, Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> you know Hugh Jackman can act in things that aren't musicals. But what's the point? So you're getting Hugh Jackman for the singing voice. Yeah. But if you if you, there's no songs, then Shia LaBeouf. I like the idea of Shia and Hugh both being part of it, depending on which way my career goes. Swings, yeah. Yeah. So if it goes, if it goes sort of from, uh, if it gets much better, then you <laughs> go from Shia to Hugh, and then vice versa. So you end up with sort of like a really. A grizzled old Shire at the end, being like, "I wish I'd done, done more with with that podcast." The scouring of the Shire. I can't believe we stopped at episode eight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, where thoughts? Or a huge Ackman. Um, yeah, I think you're flattering yourself there with the Shire buff casting. Mm. Hugh, I can see. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I like the title a lot. You didn't a minute ago. Well, it's, it's grown on me. Good. So, is Hannah on board with that? Have you run this past her? Presumably... No, this is us running it past her. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Did she mention that she was sending an email in when you you spoke to her? No, I think maybe she thought that we wouldn't know it was her. (laughs) From like a burner (laughs) address. Well, when she said our largest fan, I knew it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, have you got one, Mose? I think my memoirs would be full of self-deprecation and a sort of window into my anxious mind. Mm. Mm. And so a punny name that I would go with is Mo Mosey Mo Problems. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that sort of captures... That's so good. <laughs> ...the general sense of dread. That's really good. That is so good. I want that to be the name of my autobiography. Mo Mosey Mo Problems. Yeah, that's uh, so good. In terms of casting, I have not gone down the musical route. That is such a good idea. I've just gone straight for sort of live-action film. Mm. And the only... I'm going to, um, a, a friend of the podcast, yeah. I don't know if he's ever listened to it, but who was on Sam and I's grad scheme in advertising, when we once cast our entire graduate scheme in the world of cinema, yeah. mm. cast me as Ben Wishaw, oh, um, I which can is see one that. of the nicest things anyone's ever said to I me, can, no, I so can I'm going to hold that. I can see yeah, that. I'm going to stick yeah. to that. I met him in a Soho news agent once, and so, shook his hand and said, I loved you, and, and the first thing that came to my head was Cloud Atlas. <laughs> which is one of his more obscure roles <laughs> and he was just like thank you very much and I was just like but you were shit as Q was he was he very charming 
He was lovely. Yeah. Very charming, very well-dressed, very handsome man. Yeah, I imagine so. Perfect. Perfect. To be the star of Mo I was going to say, he's, of, he's adaptable. <laughs> of Mo Mosey Mo Problems. That is, that's, really, that's really good casting, actually. Yeah. Mm. And the theme song would be a cover of uh, Biggie's Mo Money, More Problems. But mm. with, uh, really poorly adapted. It would be a Mr. Black type moment. Yeah. Oh, so you literally just play the same song and then the at the chorus. And then I just add Mosey. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Seamlessly. Um, I like that a lot. That was very good. Yeah. Mine was far from going the self-deprecating route. I decided to go for the self-aggrandizing route. Chuck. Are we not surprised? And mine, I thought a good tie would be um, in the vein of certain other like historical epics. If I look at the course of my life, like having become a sort of underachieving copywriter at the age of 29, living rent, still renting in London... Eating crickets. Um, <laughs> eating crickets, yeah. Um, freelancing, having failed a probation at a job. Um, <laughs> I was, this is self-aggrandizing, <laughs> Daniel. I was thinking I'd call my book um, The Last Maharaja. <laughs> sort of in the vein of like The Last Emperor, The Last Samurai sort of thing. Brilliant. And, talk, talk us through that. Well, sort of self it's probably the title that you thought of from me already. Well, I thought that was going to be the whole podcast. Memoir title. It's <laughs> a shame. I have to come with something uh, new now. And I was thinking, casting-wise, I was actually thinking, my first choice was Daniel Day-Lewis because he's famously a method actor and he's already, in his name, been playing two-thirds of my name. Like when people go Daniel Day before they finish it, that is essentially already preparing him for a Life as Daniel Day bid. Right? Yeah. So yeah. you see how he's got that. And then I think he could probably disappear into the role quite well. And I'd be really interested to see, because you know how he preps for his roles by like going and doing that for like six months. Yeah. I'd be really interested to see like him like on this podcast in my place, like just living this. He comes and does the podcast with us for six months preparing for the role. Daniel, how was your, uh, how was your weekend? It was fine. Thank you for asking. <laughs> But he's, okay. he's playing me as Daniel Plainview. Yeah. There will be blood. <laughs> My son is fine, thank you for asking. We, you don't have a son. Yeah. <laughs> well, a lot has changed. He's gotten to be pregnant. <laughs> Moses Mo, Mo, drinking a milkshake and he's like got fire in his eyes. <laughs> It was him. Or well, my second choice was Al Pacino because <laughs> <laughs> I am a big fan of Al. And I just like the idea. I've written a lot of copy in my life and I just like the idea of a scene, a very like quiet scene where he's just being given copy amends and he's just hamming it up. He's like, oh, you got some amends for O2. What are you going to do? You want me to give you amends for this? She's got a huge round of immense. Come on. That's going to blow. That's blown the mics. I can see on the sound. That's fine. <laughs> but that was Daniel Day-Lewis doing an Al Pacino impression as you. He's such a good actor. We bring in, we pay for Daniel Day-Lewis and we're like, 
Daniel, could you do <laughs> Al Pacino? Could you do six months of Al Pacino being Daniel? I'm the devil's advocate. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our individual. That's good. And also, yeah. when these three actors portray us in one sort of one big film. Yeah, who would who would have the best chemistry together? Because Daniel and I both gave options. So it's definitely Ben Whishaw. He's like yeah. he's nailed on. This yeah. For the joint film. Yeah. Where it's sort of like a sort of Marvel universe where That's we true. do the individual well, origins. Presumably ours is Oh right. Are we gonna okay. ask Daniel Day Lewis doing his Al Pacino and Ben Whishaw to step up to the musical plate no, with Hugh Jackman? I don't, I don't think so. Or are you going with Sheer? I think I think um Yeah, maybe Maybe the my origin story is is the Hugh Jackman musical, and then when we come together to do all three, um, we we ditch Jackman and we get LaBeouf in. Yeah. yeah, the only time that's ever happened in cinema history. Yeah, he does the sort of the mix, and then what would then we have to come up with a name, brainstorm a name for the film where they all all three come together about this podcast. Yeah. Well, surely it would just be cool. It's a little bit. That's too fun. easy. Yeah. Is it? Did we choose Pacino or Day Lewis for my role? It's Daniel Day Lewis playing Al Pacino. Oh, Day Lewis playing Pacino, right? As me. Yeah. <laughs> With Ben Whishaw just straight, Mosey. <laughs> yeah. And then Shia LaBeouf. And Shia LaBeouf, who I don't think we would even give him a sort of script. Script or direction. No. Um, no, no direction, but I would Im- I imagine you give him a sort of. You give him the first page and the last page, mm. and you're like, just. He connects the dots. You, you connect the dots, yeah, you go with it. And he just gets a sort of sense of you. And so we've, did you say we set it up like the Marvel film? So we've appeared at the, in the end credits after each of our respective films. Yeah. There's been like a little scene at the end of Mosey. We've teased it. Yeah. At the end of Mo Mosey, Mo Problems, there's a little scene where you just hear someone going, (laughs) Mosey, I got an alpha for you. What if there was a podcast? And it just cuts to black. (laughs) There was a podcast. Exactly. Yeah. I've got an alternate... I, I do imagine it. That exactly I have right. an alternate casting suggestion for you. Oh, yeah. Just in, Sam. T- in terms of the name, the Daniel Day connection. Mm-hmm. Samuel L. Jackson. Jackson. Well, I thought maybe because Samuel L. Jackson plays the person who brought us all together. Oh, fine. Marasachi. <laughs> so... <laughs> I think that's a good. Uh, it's the role he was born to play. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> brutal motherfucking simplicity <laughs> of, of <laughs> thought. Yeah, but with a Samuel L. Jackson twist. <laughs> if Hannah's listening, she's massively regretting ever sending in this email, I imagine. Yeah, without that's a doubt. Sure. Well, I think we've. We're going to try our that. best. Yeah. We've well, we exhausted did. that question, so thank you very much, Hannah, for sending that in. Uh, yeah, I hope you're satisfied with the um, response, and that uh, hopefully we'll begin production on all of those films soon. Yeah, think? we'll sign off the scripts. Yeah, yeah, I imagine um, Hollywood will be soon. knocking the door down shortly. Poor Hollywood. <laughs> Poor Hollywood. <yeah. laughs> Did I ever tell you about my nickname when I used to bake a lot at my old office in Scotland? No, of course not. <laughs> I used to, I used to uh, bake cakes. I was in the phase, and uh, they called me Paul Bollywood. <laughs> <laughs> you can't take offence when you're laughing. Yeah. The beauty of it. 
<laughs> I sued them. Yeah. It's yeah. an ongoing court battle. I shouldn't comment on an ongoing yeah. case. But, You've yeah. actually been advised not to bring it up in any <laughs> podcast recording. So yeah, thank you to everyone who's emailed in. Remember, listeners, that you can email us in at any point, um, and we'll definitely answer you. And the email address is it's a little bit funny show at gmail.com. Go to our website, it's a little bit funny co.uk um, and tell all your friends about us and leave reviews and subscribe tell your enemies tell your enemies they all count the same tell your family tell your teachers tell your uh, sisters and brothers and husbands and everyone else and re- re- rate and subscribe yeah on iTunes and Spotify and everywhere else um, yeah we've already got quite a few good ratings actually we've got m- more than a-, a good number of people have Rated us five stars. After you pleaded with them not to give us one star. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was great. Good. It worked it out. Good. Yeah. Do people leave one star reviews? Off, yeah, like, I've seen it often. Podcasts. They go to the trouble. I've done that. Those for are the people like, who will be most motivated yeah. to. I've gone. I've gone review. and left a one star review for every other podcast. <laughs> Just to push ours up to ratings. <laughs> That's actually such a good idea. Go into similar podcasts. Don't listen to them, though, obviously. But just quickly rate mm. them one star. One star. That's not fair, because if we ever met them, we'd be so... We'd probably be embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's probably a shortcut to getting us kicked off iTunes. <laughs>way are changing the way that people listen to songs you might say ruining the way that people are listening to songs because they listen to songs now with the intention of picking like picking it apart, picking it apart. but actually if that makes people more if that makes the consumer of music more discerning then i don't think that's necessarily like it's a, about time uh, it's yeah, about time because people, artists were bound to write yeah absolutely because it's right. like inevitably 
the next pop hit of Katy Perry and Lil Nas X comes out, which is just like, I'm a little teapot, short and stout. And everyone goes, yeah, it's pretty good, actually. Maybe we should be taking a step back and being like, well, what are you talking about? And I think, I think, we're, and I think we're bringing that to people. Slowly but surely. Absolutely, I agree. Yes. Do you want to introduce the song? <laughs> <laughs> Producer Daniel. Keeping, keeping the us show on track for the first going. time ever. <laughs> yes, so, rant aside, uh, my brother suggested this one. This song is Work Bitch by Britney Spears. You wanna fuck buddy? You wanna boot daddy? You wanna muscle daddy? You better work bitch. You wanna Lamborghini? Sit in martinis? Look hot in a bikini? You better work bitch. So that was Work Bitch by Britney Spears. Um, so the thing that my brother's pointed out, which I think is an excellent point. Give him a shout out by the way. Yes. Name drop maybe. Uh, yes. Shout out to Adam and David for their suggestion. And thanks for listening, guys. Um, Supportive siblings, though, too. Yeah, that's good. I don't think my brother listens. Do you no, he's, listen? he's too Daniel? cool for it. Actually, yeah, they both do. Shout out to Bethany and Hannah. They said it was quite funny. <laughs> that's, that's quite good. Yeah, that was good. I, I was quite pleased with that, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, they'll probably be listening to this. Yeah, do you think... Um, I think the siblings like the other two, like the other two on the show. They don't laugh yeah. at the stuff that, like my brothers wouldn't laugh at the stuff that I say. Mm. And that's it, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah my I mean. sisters don't understand why I'm present on the show. Yeah. They, or in anything in life. Mm. They, oh. because that's what siblings <laughs> are like, isn't it? They, anything you're involved with, your siblings don't understand, well, why would they choose you for that? when they could have had literally any other person in the world. You're the worst. <laughs> yeah. Are they offended that they've not been chosen? Yeah. Of you? Well, exactly. Yeah. We did ask them. It's difficult to be really genuinely supportive of a sibling. Mm. Like when you're an adult and be like, oh, that's really amazing. You've done so well. They'd be like, oh, don't take this, mate. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I, actually, I take that back about my younger sister, Hannah, because she's so... She's very lovely and supportive because she's so much younger than me that there's no sort of, there was never any sort of sibling rivalry like she was uh, born when I was 13 like I literally like you know changed her nappy and stuff mm. <laughs> sorry I <laughs> said that <laughs> <laughs> she stopped listening now she was about to recommend this to her friends she's like well you've just lost all the audience that I was going to get you <laughs> I can bleep something out. Yeah, <laughs> see what happens. Well, bleep out nappy. <laughs> just wants to. Yeah. Okay, say, by the way, this is Britney's first appearance on the show, which is quite a moment because I think she's quite a singular songwriter and pop presence, particularly for our generation. Absolutely. But actually, having listened to quite a lot of Britney's songs, I've never, um, I've never thought that any of them needed dissecting. Mm. But maybe they did. But this one does stand out in particular. Yeah. I think she might have dropped the ball ever, so, to the best of ever so slightly on work, bitch. Um, and what my brother's pointed out very astutely is that the rhyming choice... And again, this is back to what we're saying about you're in total control of the song. 
you can pick anything. Yeah. Like your cousin did with the rap about going to Australia to see a kangaroo. It's a very deliberate choice. 100%. And it rhymed, so it made sense. And yet, these ones that Britney has chosen... Cho- sorry, these ones that Britney has chosen um, are just sort of bizarre. So in the chorus, which again opens the song, back to the theme of me not getting past the first body of lyrics. Runs in the family. Yeah. Yeah, my brother's... Yeah, my brother's only listened to the first verse of anything. And, yeah, so the chorus goes, you, you want a hot body... You, these are all questions. You want a hot body, you want a Bugatti, you want a Maserati, you better work, bitch. So I've obviously read it in the way that she... <laughs> pronunciation yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Is these, the, okay, so I'll read it without it even trying to rhyme. You want a hot body, you want a Bugatti, <laughs> you want a Maserati, you better work, bitch. And everyone's like, okay. So and I assume goes, these are rhetorical questions. Yeah. And then she goes, you want a Lamborghini... Sit martinis, look hot in a bikini, you better work, bitch. You want to live fancy, live in a big mansion, party in France. <laughs> Is that, you better work, bitch, you better work, bitch, and the, and the rest of it. But, what's, but then what's so funny is that she... Like, that's sort of fine, in a way, but what she's done is she obviously wants it to rhyme desperately, so she's, she's sort of contorting her own... Uh, pronunciation in a weird way <laughs> to make it rhyme so if I do it again as her it's like you want a hot body you want a Bugatti <laughs> you want a Maserati you better work bitch you want a Lamborghini sip martinis and this is the best one look, look hot in a bikini <laughs> you better work bitch and then no sorry this is the best one it gets better you want to live fancy live in, a, <laughs> live in a big mansion Party in France. <laughs> what are you? Where? She's like looking at the guy through the window of the recording studio, being like, "What is happening? Does this?" And, she, and the guy's like, "No, it will sound like it rhymes when we when we put the post. like the dub over it." He's like, "We'll just add like a little noise yeah. at the end of France, so the beat will cover it." Yeah, like this. It's actually got a huge. It's got a really loud beat and like a lot of bass in this song, mainly to cover up all the sort of rhyming fancy with France <laughs> live in a big match <laughs> yeah but it's so so yeah that's that was the first point I almost about wish rhyming. we could know what she would have had to sort of rely upon if she hadn't realised there were so many Italian luxury car brands that finished <laughs> yeah. in I at least she didn't even she... use Ferrari no <laughs> <laughs> Like without those, you would have had to be even more creative. Yeah, but I love the idea that in any world, Bugatti rhymes with hot body. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> and that was that was the second lyric. So yeah. she was like, "You want a hot body?" And she's like, "Ah, shit." So you can change the first. No, you've got it. <laughs> it's got to be hot. Give me a okay, hot body. Like, we, we hot really... toddy. That's that whiskey <laughs> that Scots people have. Yeah, of an evening. Yeah, yeah. you want right. a hot toddy. Want to watch some Noddy? <laughs> ah, don't know. <laughs> yes. But that's the thing. But then she goes from hot this body. This rhyming is very shoddy. It's shoddy. I yeah. was thinking about it. it goes Martini from... has body, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. That would be better. You want to sip, <laughs> sip some body. But that brings me to the second point, which is, I mean, we can go back to the rhyming because it is so comical. There's a lot to unpack. But, but there is a lot there. But just to, to bring up the second point, 
about this song, which is, or even just this chorus, is she's obviously, the whole point of the song is Britney is saying, look, I'm really successful, but it, you know, they didn't just hand this to me on a plate, I had to work for this. So she's saying, just like Mosey was saying earlier about paying it back to the listeners, it's like, if you want this lifestyle, mm. you do have to work, bitch. Mm. Mm. So you, you've got you've to put in the hard work and the graft. So what she's saying is the lifestyle essentially is a hot body, which I think is sort of not the point of working hard, but it's working on in a different way, like working out. Yeah. Hot body, fine. Bugatti, okay, fine. You've got to work pretty hard, yeah. Maserati, Oof, again, yeah, it's the same. And then Lamborghini. Think, think of the parking for three cars. Well, yeah. she's got a manshi, and doesn't she? Oh, so yeah. she can park a Bugatti, Maserati, and a Lamborghini. And then she sort of goes, sip martinis. Anyone really could sip martinis, couldn't they? You don't have to have worked particularly hard or have made a fortune to be able to sip martinis. Yeah, sipping is such a sort of yeah. measured, and it almost goes back to feeling tipsy, you know? Yeah. That sort of sipping is a very measured and sensible approach to them well, you don't that drink, you wouldn't yeah. really link to opulent wealth <laughs> it's kind of like yeah. oh make it last yeah exactly these <laughs> are expensive and then yeah. yeah it would be more glug martinis yeah yeah down then, martinis but like not even drink them because you can just pour yeah. them down pour them on the yes, floor yes that would be or fa- swim in a martini that would be swimming pool the level of wealth swim in martinis yeah. i mean that would be better yeah that'd be good sip is so passive in a way and then she says she sort of runs out of things. She must be looking around her own house and she can't really, she's sort of examining her own life and she can't really think of anything concrete to say as part of this luxurious lifestyle. So she just <laughs> says, you want to live fancy? Which is so oh, no, open to... No, she's already struggled. Wait, wait, she goes she's gone, hot in a bikini. Exactly. Like, which is already one, a callback to the first <laughs> hot body. She, she's gone, okay, physical appearance, hot body. Yeah. Car... Car, car, <laughs> alcohol. In measure, back, measure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, back to the back to the body again. Back to the body. Then a really vague wanna live fancy, which isn't really anything. Do you think she wrote this song in her garage? Like she I was think, like yeah. looking around being like uh, Well yeah, because then she went back like into cars. the house and she went, Oh, I've got a big mansion, I'll put that in. So then she goes, Live in a big mansion, but it doesn't rhyme. It doesn't even mention a garage though. So it's almost like she's just got a bare mansion. Mm. Three cars just sort of parked in the parked living outside, room. And she wanders around in a bikini. And there's just a mirror. So she yeah. just every so often sees her body. Is that but then also, are? party in France. Maybe it's because we're a European audience, but that doesn't sound like... No, it's not party town. Like, <laughs> or country. Yeah. But, you party know, nation. it's not, as a nation, <laughs> it's not... Partying on the beaches but, of Normandy. But also, for the... <laughs> Million for the millions of her teenage (laughs) (laughs) yeah, like it's Um, Montpellier. But also for the for the millions of her teenage fans who are French, it's just a nothing lyric because they're like, well, well, it's actually more encouraging for them because they actually feel like they're part of the way there. I don't, yeah, I don't need to. Well, what's amazing? French audience is an eighth of the way there. So to be fair, we anyone really could tick half of these off. You could work out, you could go to the gym and you could say, you could be quite uh, body positive and you could be like, yeah, I do have a hot body. I've got that. Yeah. I forget the cars. That's three. I can sip martinis in reality whenever. Yeah. I just choose not to. Yeah. But I could. Look hot in a bikini. Uh, I'm sure you did. Sure fine. You would. I'm sure I would. That's, yeah, I'll count that one actually. And then live fancy is so subjective. 
I'm going to count that one as well. Mansion, okay, fair enough. Don't have that. And then party in France, uh, yeah, I, that's very attainable. So actually, I think that's half of them. And then she's like, you better work, bitch. And it's like, well, I'm halfway there. <laughs> and I haven't lifted a finger. I'm it's mainly the cars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm literally Three one of the quarters. laziest men on earth. I live in a city which has great public transport. I don't need any of those cars. That's true. So you replace those by no. tube. Yeah, it should be. Uber. You want a tube pass? <laughs> yeah, but in her world, tube pass rhymes with fancy. So that's close tube enough. Pace. A tube pace. <laughs> and she's there in the congestion charge it's, it's actually... in a Bugatti. <laughs> We're like. Okay. Just thinking that it's a, it's actually more difficult to come up with a bad rhyme than it is to come yeah, up with a good struggle rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> but again, but that's the point, isn't it? Going back to the rhyming, she's in total control over this, and yet I'm sure when artists release songs, they're under pressure from like the record mm. label or whatever. It's like, oh, we need that today. Yeah. But I think when it goes to millions of people, and it's like a body of work that you can't. Amend. There's no going you back. Really very take another, whole body of work. Take yeah. another day. Yeah. In, in theory, I can't believe this was the best rhyming she could come up with. That's what makes me think it's completely anchored in the reality of her life. Yeah. Like, because like, this was a voicemail from her producer. Not so. Not in. Like, not in so many. Can you come to the studio, please? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. think it's more a case of it's so work. You can so work around it. But yeah. the only reason for me that she hasn't is she wants to be really honest well, it, about yeah, her fancy Exactly, life. I can imagine, yeah, you can imagine like an editor being like, oh... Right, what, what, what about what you know? Instead, Well, he could have been like, or she could have been like, well, instead of look hot in a bikini, because yeah. firstly, that's clumsy and doesn't rhyme, and, and secondly, you've already, already mentioned about... the hot body, why don't you say Ferrari? Because that's another... Well, yeah, or something like that. <laughs> but no, because, and then she would have said... But I don't have a Ferrari, and and it's so in her own life. She's yeah. got the Bugatti, Maserati, and Lamborghini. Yeah, she's a huge and she's a huge Italian car fan. She's <laughs> so maybe she does have a Ferrari. She's sipping martinis. Fiat. Yeah. So she's, but then she parties in France. Yeah, not very really loyal to the Good. Yeah. Italian yeah. work. Um, but then it's just it, you're right, Mosey. I think it is just her listing off things that she has and it's supposed to sound enticing like I better put in the work to have what she has yeah but I I just don't think it I don't think it evokes that if you know what I mean yeah so I guess we could judge her upon whether she is to be I think before we vote Mm. we have to say that while we have our sort of issues with that opening verse and the portrait of a successful life that it yeah sort of is selling to us it's undeniably a better call to arms than Desiree oh yeah yeah <laughs> just we'll For put sure. that out there we have to because it sure. might seem harsh if we vote negatively right after Desiree well but, um so I just think this is an isolation yeah. all our cases are in isolation can, can I also draw attention to the bridge where she goes though before we take the vote where she goes Tell, she goes, tell somebody in your town, spread the word, spread the word. Go call the police, go call the governor. I bring the treble, don't mean to trouble you. I make the governor, call me the governor. <laughs> so, what? Wait, I don't have that. I've I got, have that. 
I imagine they're going to call me the You've governor. You've got UD. No, I've got an even better line, which is, go call the police, go call the governor. I bring the treble, don't mean to trouble you. I make the bubble up. Call me the bubble up. The bubbler. <laughs> what is that? Like a, an unused <laughs> Batman yeah, villain. Batman, the bubble. <laughs> um, I wonder if... Are we not... Maybe we're looking at different I'm just on the Google sites. thing. Just in the Google lyrics. All right, forget the bubbler then. Maybe it is <laughs> the governor. I mean, I don't want to. <laughs> call me the bubbler. The bubbler sounds great. <laughs> call you the bubbler. Okay, Brittany, we'll call you the bubbler. <laughs> and now what? It sounds like... Please yes. welcome to the stage. <laughs> the, the bubbler with toxic. <laughs> toxic bubbles. <laughs> it's bubbler, bitch. <laughs> That's the richest piece of lyricism in the song, and it's not in all of our lyrics. <laughs> Which is bizarre. Is from? it different depending on different depending on when you play the record? <laughs> I don't really get that. How can it be two things? Because in our version, it just sort of calls into question the whole hierarchy of yeah. law enforcement. It would suggest that she has some sort of political aspirations. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> work hard and I'm going to become yeah. the governor. Yeah, but imagine a speech, you know, when like, um, like a, I don't know, like a, a mayor or a governor would give like a speech or something in a school. They go into a school and the governor's just like, you want a hot body? <laughs> like your old governor? You better work, bitch. <laughs> and the teacher just whispers in his ear, Mr. Governor, could you just keep it? Could you not do the bitch stuff? The bitch stuff? Hey, <laughs> you want to live fancy? They need it. Live in a big match. Party of France. <laughs> you kids ever been to France? <laughs> Taxpayer dollar. Yeah. <laughs> Going from flights to France. Why, in this impression, Barack Obama has decided to become a governor? <laughs> You want a hot body? You want a Bugatti? I got a Bugatti outside. You want to know how I got that and this bikini? <laughs> we were actually going to ask, why are you in a bikini? Because <laughs> I worked hard, bitch. <laughs> uh, well, that's her as the governor and the bubbler. So that's... <laughs> Covered yeah. that off. <laughs> yeah, if this is Britney's one appearance on the podcast, I'm glad it was. I'm glad it was this. It's actually quite damning, though. <laughs> like, well, I wonder we, what. Well, we should. Yeah, maybe we'll look into some of her other songs, but I don't remember them being this. Well, so she survived. Well, oh yeah, maybe she will. Let's not forget the jeopardy that exists in our decisions. Absolutely. So, so I guess the question could be around. Has Britney painted um, an accurate picture of success? And has it yeah. motivated you to work hard to reach those? I think that's too generous. I think that's too vague. I actually think, has she done enough? I would like to pose the question, has she done enough work on the specific lyrics to make them rhyme properly and to make them flow? Okay. That's quite technical. That well, is technical. Well, it's, yeah, but it's. I, I think it. I think it is a technical one. Okay. <laughs> because technical. I don't know because because it changes the way that I would vote because the the accurate portrayal of life is more accurate than Desrays. 
She, Britney has all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So this is her life. <laughs> She's just got more interesting life than Desiree. Massively. But um, it's nothing to do with her being the governor. <laughs> also, she says, work hard like it's your profession. Well, that's what a job is. Yeah, no. <laughs> but it is her profession as well. Yeah. Being a, a singer. Being a singer, songwriter. Songwriter. I think we vote on the conceptual thing, but I'm going to take into account the... The technical. The technical stuff. Okay, fine. Got two questions, really. Yeah. But... Has she done a good enough job on this song for everything that it was intended for? Yeah. There you go. I mean, a we just of... need to ask that question for every song now. A sort of rapper. Yeah. 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 Okay, Template. three, three two, two, one. Three hey. downs. I think she will be saved, though, because she has a, a deep discography. I think there'll be an, an appeal. I think... She has to email in with a team of high-priced lawyers, like Katie did. Like Katie did. Yeah. Something but clearly like, she can afford that. Something like, do you remember her one, My Prerogative? Mm. Which had scores of teenage girls reaching for their dictionaries. <laughs> what, yeah. what kind of word is that for a pop song? Prerogative. <laughs> Everyone's like, My Prerogative? <laughs> like, I'm surprised she didn't sing that in a sort of questioning voice. That's my prerogative. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Better work, bitch. Well, in Britney's world, prerogative rhymes with work, bitch. <laughs> you want to live fancy? Anyway, so... Two kind of introspective analyses of life on yeah. this episode. Yeah, there, were the- there was a theme to yeah. this week's pod. Accidental. Yeah. Completely. Um, and, yeah, and both negative. Both sort of sentenced... To the seven circles of hell. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Brittany <laughs> with we all her cars and Desiree with her toast and evening news. <laughs> Two contrasting li- lifestyles of pop superstars. <laughs> <laughs> to each their own. Yeah. Well, that's a shame for both of them. But, uh, well, I enjoyed it. Well, we'll see if next time anyone... Well, what episode is this? Eight? Yeah. Eight. So yeah. there's one more chance for uh, a musical artist to join... The Champion of Champions episode. Mm. Yeah. So, thank you very much for listening. Uh, thank you to Maria and Katie and Adam and David for the song suggestions. Thank you to Hannah for emailing in the memoirs question. Hannah, and... your girlfriend, not my sister. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to Hannah. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> we, we have to make that clear every episode. <laughs> we don't know who the largest fan is. Yeah. Exactly. Well, not mine anymore after I called that fucking wiping shit off her ass when she was a toddler. I won't beep that. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you again next time. Oh, and uh, don't forget to tell your friends about the podcast and <laughs> rate, review, subscribe, and all that jazz. Spotify and iTunes. Yeah. Thank you very much. Until see you next time. Happy design.